0: Hi, I'm Jesse, your host of the Jesse Williams podcast. I'm an entrepreneur and business mentor bringing you fun and thought provoking conversations around money, wellness, business, life, and personal development. This is a space where humor meets depth and no topic is off limits. Let's fuck shit up. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Jesse Williams podcast. And today we're bringing you a double exciting episode because not only is it a spill the tea episode, which We all love to fill the tea, Uh, but this is actually our 100th episode, which is so
1: exciting. I can't believe it. I honestly, it's been a four year journey and we have gotten here.
0: It's, yeah, I'm just, and it just feels like this is the first year, you know, having my team, having podcast management, we've really like taken the podcast a bit more seriously. So it just feels really cool celebrating a 100 at a time where it feels like a big deal. Cause I feel like if I hit a hundred in, in the time where, you know, I was being inconsistent and just throwing out random episodes, it probably wouldn't have been as exciting Mm -hmm.
1: And you didn't have anyone to celebrate with as well.
0: No. So yeah, we've got some things planned to celebrate, which is going to be good.
1: Absolutely. And I just, the evolution of the podcast is just one thing that I would like to touch on because I feel like... It's been, I mean, I was a listener before I was on this side of the microphone as well. And so I remember back in the day where you were doing your solo eps and you were recording at home and to look at now, you've got a team managing the podcast. We've got producers that produce the episodes for us every week or every fortnight. And it's just, it's evolved as you have, I believe. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it has. And it's so interesting because when I started the podcast, I was at a time in, you know, my business where... I was just wanting to speak about things from pure passion and the podcast never came from a place of, I never wanted to monetize it. It wasn't a business strategy. It wasn't a funnel. It was a, I literally can't shut the fuck up (laughs) and where can I have longer conversations? You know, even then in my business on my social media, I would do really long talking stories and I was like, okay, this is getting ridiculous. Like I need somewhere rather than putting up like a hundred slides somewhere I can have, you know, a bigger conversation and. there were so many things. I, I remember, I think back to this version of myself four years ago and I remember I was almost like, I was learning so much and doing so many things and honestly feeling so good in my mindset and I saw a lot of people around me or a lot of people on social media who didn't know those things or weren't feeling good and it stemmed from this really passion place of like I have things that I can share with you to help you and that's really what it, what it was about was me wanting to bring forward conversations that would make people's lives better or improve their mindset and that's why a lot of the conversations very early on were very much mind- mindset focus and there was a lot of manifestation and a lot of like um, you know money mindset and things like that Um, setting up a good life routine Mm -hmm. daily habits a lot of things where yeah it really just came from a place of like I just want to make people feel good yeah yeah
1: and what's your why now what do you think has changed
0: Um, I think my why now is obviously we, we, I've been podcasting on and off sporadically this whole time. And I think my why now is still anchored in the same, but there's also a level of like in being entirely transparent, it is good for business. Like mm-hmm. it's it's good to have somewhere to have these kind of conversations. And that's why we have changed the podcast to be a little bit more niched in, you know, personal development and business. And it actually has to make sense for my business, um, you know, my education company. And so the conversations that we have often support things like that. And I mean, the exception to that is spill the tea because often we spill the tea, like I'm not teaching you anything necessarily. Like, we're just here for entertainment. entertainment. And it it feels good and it feels fun. And um, I just think that I'm – I just think that I love speaking, communicating. It's funny. I don't know. Have you ever done Gene Keys? No. Have you heard of them? Never. What is it? It's kind of like another one of those, you've got human design, you've got this one, you've got that, Mm -hmm. but – The Gene Keys is supposed to be one of the most advanced ones because it uses a range of different systems. So it draws on human design. It draws on like the chakra system. There's shadow frequencies involved. Like it's very, very complex. But basically it's similar to human design in that you put in your birth, date, Mm -hmm. time, location, all that kind of stuff. And basically what what it imprints or what it brings out for you is a set of keys, which is basically your life's path and journey. So you'll have, it's kind of like a chart and there's all circle bubbles everywhere. And you've got love keys, love and relationships. You've got life purpose and things. And basically you're born here to work through and unlock all the keys. So you'll have things where you have gifts and you'll have shadows of every single thing. So with each key, there's three things. There's uh, a shadow frequency, which that's not what the word is, but I can't remember yep. what word they use, but basically it's it, the shadow of it. Um, and then they have, you know, the higher frequency of it. And then there's a third level, which is when you've like completely evolved and transcended um, that shadow frequency and you're in the highest form of that. So I, I wish I could have an example of one of my keys, but I know that there's one where um, there's like, it's it's like humility key or something like that. And then there was like a low frequency of humility and then there's a higher frequency of humility and, and things like that. But one of my keys that's to do with my life's work, so you have um you have kind of like two main keys that are really to do with like what your purpose here on earth is. And one of my keys, I can't remember the name of it, but basically it's a voice key Mm and it's a leadership key. So out of all of the different gene keys, and there's a lot of them, there's two leadership keys. And one leadership key is you're here to lead from behind the scenes. So you're someone that you're not supposed to be on the front. You're not the talker, but you're here to activate change behind the scenes and really drive things from from the behind the scenes level. And then the second leadership key is you're here to be front facing and you're here to change the world through using your voice. And it literally, physically, the key is you will um, reach people more by physically speaking. So even though like, you know, you can write and think, mine is about using words and language and things like that. And that's my life's work. And I just feel like the podcast, like it's just so interesting how I feel like that's always been me from even I remember in primary school all of my friends fucking hated oral presentations yeah like we're literally, we would, they would get one and they would be cringing and it would be in the lead up and they would be anxious and they would be nervous. Like, I fucking hate public speaking. And every time we got an oral presentation, I'm like, thank fuck, like give me that any day of the week over an actual essay. And it's been like that since I, I was a kid. So I feel like the podcast is a part of it, yes, there's business and all these things, but it also just feels very me. Mm.
1: Yeah, And that's really cool because it's such an authentic extension of your business mm. and it's something that it just comes so naturally to you. It's something that you enjoy and I think that's why you have been so consistent in bringing episodes that everyone loves to hear. Um, and so I actually thought we could go through some stats over the last yes. four years.
0: Yes, let's do it.
1: So... This is our 100th episode. This will be our fifth episode of Spill the Tea which is a new segment that everyone loves. You have also done 33 guest episodes and 62 solo episodes. Your very first episode was the 18th of October 2019 so just over four years ago by time this episode drops which is really cool and since we have taken the podcast a little bit more seriously this year, we have kicked it off again um, in March and we were dropping episodes weekly and now fortnightly, we've got um, a niche where we have a focus and we have more of a purpose with the podcast and the direction we see it going. So this year alone, we have had 55,000 downloads.
0: That's amazing and and really cool because last year was 24,000. So we've over doubled that.
1: We're increased 129%. Amazing. So thank you for listening guys because um, that's really cool and the more listens and the more downloads we get um, is the basically that's us knowing that you are liking what um, we have to say and that you do want us to continue putting them out so we are always open to episode topics if there's anything that you'd like us to hear or if you do want to get involved in these spill the tea episodes we love to have our community involved with us.
0: Yeah and and I think on that kind of like what you said is just a, a huge thank you for, you know, even something as simple as a download, like you listening really matters. And, but, but even things like leaving reviews for the podcast, sharing on your stories, stuff like that. Um, I don't always reshare them on my personal, but I see all of them and we often share them on the actual podcast, Instagram page, but they do mean a lot, especially with the podcast is something that we've chosen not to monetize in the form of ads. There was once upon a time that, we accidentally turned on, like, I don't even know how we did this, but I think I did it. I was looking in the back end of the podcast stuff. I accidentally turned on an ad button, which um what it did was it meant that companies could choose you and you didn't even have to give permission and they could drop an ad in. And so I didn't even get to like check and say yes or no. Anyway, a fucking we made no money off this as well. <laughs> a, a, a Listerine ad about bad breath. <laughs> a Listerine <laughs> ad about bad breath Ed And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I message our podcast management team was like if you guys put this in there and then and then they went and had a look and they're like no someone's toggled this and turned it on I was like oh that was probably me so bar that which I think we made like 24 cents off we we haven't monetized the podcast it really is just um you know for the longest time it's it's actually not only do we not make money off it it costs us money Mm -hmm. like we pay our podcasting management team you know I pay you to you know create and and run the social so it is an expense, and we just do it pure passion so we appreciate all of that
1: yeah and it's also really cool because we are based in Melbourne Victoria in Australia but we do see that there are other people and other listeners in different countries so our top 10 countries is Australia where we are based but we do see that we do have listeners in the United States in California and Pennsylvania um, New Zealand United Kingdom Canada Germany Netherlands Sweden Spain Indonesia everywhere. So we have streamed in 94 different countries this year, which is insane.
0: So when I was looking at, um, like places there was listens and, and mind you, out of those 94, some of the places was like one download or things but like we that. See you. But we see you. And, and the, the countries, I just like, couldn't believe it. I was so incredibly amazed. Um, you know, we had Fiji, there was, it, it was, it was incredible. There were so many European countries, um, you know, and some places it was five downloads and some places it was a hundred and three hundred and five hundred, 300 and 500. And, you know, it, it obviously went up until, um, yeah, Australia being... But it's really
1: cool because as well, it, it has um, in the back end when we see all of the downloads and all the data, it has a map of the world and it colours all the different countries where they are listeners. So it's really cool to see more and more colours popping up on this world map.
0: Yeah. And something else that's been really cool is a couple of times this year, uh The podcast has actually, there's been episodes which have made the top charts in Croatia. So (laughs) thank you to everyone in Croatia who's listening because, yeah, we've been in the top charts a few times.
1: That's really cool. I would love if you're on socials and follow us on Instagram, reach out if you're from Croatia. That would be really cool to see. Yeah.
0: I think even if you're from anywhere that's Mm -hmm. not one of those top 10 countries that we listed and like, yeah, let us know that you're listening.
1: I think that's cool. That's really cool. Do you know um, what our most downloaded episode is?
0: I had a little peek, but you can... You've, <laughs> you've can, cheated. You can share.
1: <laughs> so we know that you love our Spill the Tea episodes, which is really fun because we absolutely love bringing them to you as well. Um, but we know that you also really enjoy listening to money, to business, to sex, to all the juicy things. And our most downloaded episode ever is by your fiancé... Oscar Ledlin we know that he is a crowd favorite and if you haven't already we do have I think there might be two or three episodes three. three episodes with Oscar and um, yeah no they are really cool and even just seeing the dynamic of Jesse and Oscar together but most recently um, we did a Q&A with Oscar on all things money and business and that was a our most downloaded episode ever
0: yeah and and it was interesting because he made the top of the most downloaded episode in the last 12 months and then he also had the most downloaded episode ever but they were two different episodes so the most downloaded episode that we'd ever had was the money and business Q&A and the most downloaded in the last 12 months was the investing innovation and creating a successful business so that's cool
1: so we need to get Oscar on him more because yeah. you guys like to hear him basically yeah. is what Who we need doesn't? to say. Yeah, Who doesn't? <laughs> you need to lock it in his schedule. Now, we've gone through all of the statistics and everything and really had been able to reflect on the evolution of the podcast over the last four years. But I thought we should now actually jump into the Spill the Tea segment. And I thought I might kick things off. I'll ask you some questions that our listeners have dropped in and we can discuss from there.
0: Amazing. Sounds good. I'm ready.
1: So the first question that we received was, do you believe in fortune tellers or psychics? Why or why not?
0: I feel like the word fortune tellers a bit, I wouldn't use that word, but do I believe in psychics? Yes, I do. Um, I haven't seen one for probably over two, maybe three years now, but growing up um, I was always a very, very spiritual kid, and I would say that my mum was quite spiritual as well. But like, you know, like modern spirituality, like that's how mm-hmm. I would describe my mum, very like modern grounded spirituality. She wasn't burning sage or anything like that. It was just very much like she believed in, you know, spirits or whatever. Um, and we would pull angel cards, and that was probably like the extent of that. Um, I had a few really, interesting experiences as a child where like I I just can't deny based on what I saw and I know people can also go oh but kids have imagination and things like that and I'm like yeah they do but kids also know the difference between imagination versus an experience and I had a couple of um yeah, really, really interesting experiences, um, some of which like scared me a little bit um, and we ended up uh, – my mum spoke to a psychic around like doing a clearing around me and things like that and that's when I was quite young um, – But I've also had a lot of interesting things, even one as recent as yesterday. So I did a photo shoot yesterday for my beautiful friend, Elise. I have a podcast episode with her. I mentioned her in my previous uh, pregnancy episode. So she has a company called My Wellness and um, it's a pregnancy uh, box for like supplements and a beautiful belly balm and like all the things to nourish you during pregnancy. And they rebranded and she asked me to do the shoot and I said, yes. And what was really interesting was um, about a week ago, my nan passed a long time ago, years ago, and it was um, about last week and I just – hadn't felt like I had like connected in with her in a really, really long time. Like, you know, like life gets away. And I remember recently after she passed, I would think about it all the time. And I was like, wow, like I really haven't thought about Nan in a while. And I just said out loud, I was standing in my kitchen, I said out loud and I was like, Nan, if you're around and if you're watching over me, um, please show me a sign of a yellow rose because that was her favorite flower was a yellow rose. And, um, I rocked up to the Maya shoot and, um, we were setting up and everything like that. And Elise said, she's like, Oh, I've picked a bunch of roses from my mum's garden. Um, she's like, I've got all different colors. There's pinks and purples and everything. So we can play with those. And we were shooting and stuff. And then the photographer says, Hey, how about we just get like a single rose? And out of this big, bouquet of flowers. There was like white and pinks and purples. There was a single yellow rose and Elise walked over and she picked out the yellow rose and said, let's use this one. And I just was like, I just couldn't believe, you know, even you think about the shoot and you think, yeah, you're going to go straight for pink or, so not only was it interesting, there was a yellow rose there, but there was one yellow rose and that's what they wanted. Like they didn't want the bouquet shot. It was like, I handed it straight over and that felt like a really cool experience um but I've had lots of things where I've seen psychics before and like I can't even tell some of the stories because they're also quite personal and involve people that it's not fully me but things where like I can tell you now no one would know that Mm -hmm. um one that I can share is I remember going and seeing a psychic one time and she said that she like connected in with my nan and this is how specific she got She said, your nan's telling me that when you were a little girl, you would go over and play at her house. And every single time you would get through her front door, you would run straight to her bedroom, open her jewelry box, and you wanted to wear clip-on earrings. And I was like, oh, my God. So as a little girl, I begged my mom to have my ears pierced and she kept saying no. And my nan didn't have her ears pierced. She used to wear clip-on <laughs> earrings. So she had all these beautiful earrings, but they actually just had clip snapbacks and she would just snap them over her ears. And um, so whenever I would go to my nan's house, I would put these, ear- these snap-on earrings on because I would feel like I had my ears pierced. And I had almost forgot that. Like, How could you possibly know? So do I believe in things like that? Yes. Um, But what I will add on that is I also have a level of a belief of I'm really big on energetics Mm -hmm. and I believe that everything in the world is energy and I don't believe that. That's science. That's physics. Everything is made up of like atoms and energy. And when you understand like, uh, you know, physics and things like that, you know, no energy can be destroyed. It can just be moved, changed, dispersed and things like that. So any energy that we have, you can't destroy energy. That energy just moves and changes into other things, other objects, whatever. So, If energy can't be destroyed and we're made up and created of energy and atoms and things like that, what actually happens when we die? So what happens to our body when our body disintegrates? What happens to that energy? It can't be destroyed. means it goes somewhere else. So I also have a belief that a lot of psychics are actually very in tune with the quantum field and they're actually just able to pick up on shifted energy and that energy is still available to us today so that's part of my belief system is like psychics are very much like just tapping into a different frequency that the the human consciousness often doesn't have access to um and very in tune with the quantum field and then also part of me is like just believes in the illogical can't explain yeah it is what it is what do you what, what do you believe
1: Well, I, I've always been very intrigued, um, with wanting to go to a psychic, but I've always been too, like, nervous or almost like anxious of what they might say or something that I wouldn't want to hear or also worried that what they say may then deter my idea of, of the future or I might, like, be fully focused on what they're saying and not open to other ideas. But I actually went to my first ever psychic reading only last week I had a um, oh my god I forgot yeah, yeah. so I had a um, it was a psychic dinner so I went with seven of my girlfriends and basically what you do is you pay for a ticket it includes dinner and then you get like a 10 to 15 minute one-on-one psychic reading and then throughout the night you have um, cards and you'll do card pulls and all that type of stuff so the psychic reading was really cool But what I thought was really freaky was we were doing different um, combinations of card readings with like Oracle cards and all that type of stuff. And we're doing a nine card spread and it was three cards for your past, three cards for your present and three cards for your future. And I was looking at my future ones and it came up with something about saying not to travel. And I was like okay, this is weird because this is something which I've been traveling a little bit lately and I've been really enjoying and something that I plan on doing in the next like six months as well. Um, as you know, I've got the Philippines coming up. So um, I am planning on going to the Philippines in about six weeks, but the flights hadn't been booked because um, my friends in the Navy, anyway, it's a whole other story. But basically it was saying not to travel. And I said to this lady, I said, I actually have travel planned. What does this mean? And she's like, if I was you, I wouldn't go. Oh my and I God. was like- what? And then she's like, I just have a feeling that something's going to stop you from going or it won't go ahead and you won't be going traveling in the next six months. And I thought six months is a long, long time as well. And then I looked at it and I said, okay, sorry, what if I were planning on going in December? And she looked at the card again and she said, you're not going on the 16th, are you? And my jaw dropped. All of my girlfriends at the table were like, What? How? How? Like the sixteenth is when we're planning on going, and she's just w- figured out the the date of my travel from looking at these cards, and now I still don't know what to do.
0: Oh <laughs> my! I, I don't even know what you should do.
1: Everyone's like, don't go, and I'm like, but this is a thing. I don't want this to stop me from going, but I'm just like putting it I out there. I feel like you so.
0: manifested exactly what you didn't want. Like yeah. you you wanted like you didn't want to be told something that you didn't want to hear, and that's I so don't weird. Know.
1: I might have love in January as well, so that's putting it out there for me. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe it could
0: even be that you the connection happens in December. Know. Oh, who knows? That's an interesting one. I also feel like with psychics, I, I feel it would, depends on the psychic and some are just like they'll tell you whatever comes through. Ones I've worked with is they'll either ask for permission of like, mm-hmm. hey, I have like not as good news. Are you open to hearing it? Um, or sometimes they'll even um, – they'll even just say like, Hey, I wouldn't usually say something like this, but I really am feeling pulled to, to share. Um, I know someone who very, very close to me who saw a psychic and they said, Hey, I usually wouldn't say stuff like this to someone, but I'm getting really pulled very, very strongly to share Mm -hmm. with you. And she was like, your partner's cheating on you. And this person was like, no. And they were like, no i can tell you with full certainty like i'm getting this like loud and clear anyway so this person was like okay i've got to subtly look into this mm-hmm. and they like started checking like dating apps and think anyway their partner was oh. on a dating app and they were like what the fuck i like, couldn't believe it so then they're like nah surely they're not active um so they made like a fake account and um you know contacted them asked to meet up and all the things and their partner was like agreed to meet up with them so and I think sometimes things like that it's like you're glad that you know but I've had little things like I've had a psychic tell me like you need to go like yesterday and get your tires checked on your car um and then anyway when I went I booked my car in for a service and they're like oh your tire tread was so bad like you're lucky you came in when you did I was Mm. like oh my god like little things like that but stuff like that it's just like can you tell me
1: more I know it's like what will happen if I go is it because I kind of want to find out okay well let's test it is
0: it is it uh, I I I also believe too that like if you're not meant to go, something's going to stop you yeah, from going. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
1: So yeah. I'm just like putting it out there. Whatever yeah. will happen, yeah. will happen. Yeah. But generally, I know they will only say good things though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel, like, I feel like it's fine. And I also feel like you want more information of like, is it because if I go, I'm going to miss an opportunity here? Or is it because if I go, something bad's going to happen? Mm. Like, tell me yeah. more. That's too ambiguous. Don't yeah. give me that.
1: Don't know. I think they always say though, whatever information they give you, it's up to you to interpret, and it may not always make sense straight away,
0: and it can change too. Like I, every psychic I've ever seen is always like, "Hey, this is as of today, right now, in this Mm -hmm. moment, this is the trajectory." But we also have willpower, and we have personal will, so we can change our mind, and with that, we can change the course and trajectory of our life as well. So things can things can always change and, and move.
1: Yeah. I did ask that. I said, can I change? And she said, yeah, absolutely. You have the power of changing your future. Yeah, so. yeah. So yeah. you just
0: got to do some meditations and manifest like the trip of a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but there, I was jaws dropped. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's
0: like you're just not, Maybe it's not like – because they can also get mixed signals too where sometimes they think it's this but it's actually that. Um, It could even be like you're not meant to go to the Philippines. Like Mm. it could be like, hey, there's actually somewhere better for you. Yeah. Who knows?
1: I don't know. We'll see. Okay, next question. Okay, so they're preferencing by saying there's absolutely no judgment but what is your reason for renting and not buying with your income?
0: Yeah, so – I wouldn't be offended by a question like that because I think that's pretty standard of a lot of people would probably wonder the same thing. Um, I won't go super deep into it because Oscar and I actually cover this in the podcast episode that we mentioned earlier, the uh, innovation, investing, uh, running a business and things like that. I speak to Oscar about rent vesting, which is what we do um, and different things like that. And he has a lot of better articulation and language mm-hmm. and gives full complete breakdowns, even financially, the difference between us buying versus us renting um, and what that means. But basically, Oscar and I, in short, choose to rent vest. And rent vest is basically where you rent where you want to live and you invest elsewhere. You don't use your house as your primary investment. And again, Oscar will give you the more financial percentage tax stamp duty breakdown version of that. But in my own language and articulation, a couple of the things that I consider is when you um, rent your home, not only not even going into like you don't pay stamp duty and things like that, but as, as a tenant, like your landlord is responsible if anything is is broken, requires fixing, things like that. So, um, you know, recently I've had like a leak in my office. My landlord has to come and fix that. Um, in our past house, our dishwasher broke, our landlord had to replace it. So the landlord's responsible for, you know, fixing things, maintenance, they pay the rates on the house, like all of that kind of stuff. The other thing is when you um, choose to rent, if you buy your own home, you can think that you're getting an investment because that house technically should be going up in value, Mm -hmm. right? So the way that you make money off, off living in your house as an investment is on a hope that that investment goes up in value, right? And we know that the property market for the most part it's going to go up, but it's also going to go up and it's going to go down and you may get better yields. You may not, whatever. Um, and then the other consideration is in order for you to make money, you need to own it for a set period of time. You can't really just like buy have it for six months it goes up in price sell like you can but you're spending stamp duty like Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of wasteful so what you would then pay in like taxes and stamp duty and things like that that money that you made you now basically didn't make it and now you've got to go another buy another house and pay stamp duty on that house and things like that too so what we choose to do is we rent here and it means that um, we have a lot of free cash flow, right? Because I haven't tied hundreds of thousands of dollars up in a mortgage. It means that I'm just paying rent per week. There's not a lump sum of money, which is caught up in an asset that I now don't have access to. It means I have access to all of those funds. And with those funds I have access to, I can invest in other things that put money in my pocket. And for me, that's commercial property. And there's I'm not even going to go into it why I Mm -hmm. invest in commercial over residential, but I would invest in commercial... Over and over and over and over and over again before I dabbled in residential. But basically, and that's why I have, you know, I've invested in my, my warehouse. And then the other benefit of that, not only do I think commercial is a better investment than residential, but with that, I now will have a tenant in that property that's putting not only paying the mortgage of that, but putting money in my pocket each week. If my only investment was my home, Who's putting money in my pocket each week? Yeah, you're paying down a mortgage, but you've also got hundreds of thousand of dollars like stuck up in Tied that up. house. And then when, if you own your house, what? You own your house. What do you, what do you do? What do you do with that money? Like, for you to get that money out, you've got to sell where you live, and then what are you going to do again? So, the way that I look at it is I rent, if I want to move, I move, and I can move wherever I want as many times as I want, change houses as many times as I want, and my assets aren't, and my money's not caught up in that. So I can, I've really separated where I'm living and where I'm investing, um, and I just, It's a better investment, but that's also beside the point. But so with that now, it's like money's actually going into my pocket um, as well. So that's why.
1: I think as well, like they say that it's really good to – live in an area that you like you get to trial different areas before you know where you want to buy because it is such a big purchase and then to go through all the paperwork and then the stamp duties and everything and find you don't like the area yeah um, it's a good way to test the waters or even if you are into manifesting you can move to the area that you are desired to potentially buy in the future and manifest what your morning routine would look like what coffee shop you're going to where the way you're driving to work and all that type of thing as well
0: yeah, 100%. And even even on that like where Oscar and I were living 3 4 years ago, we were so sure, oh my god, we're going to get our family home here, we'll buy a house eventually. Don't get me wrong, but it won't be an investment. It'll be a luxury purchase. And we were so sure we were going to live there and that was an an hour, nearly over an hour away from where we are now. And when we basically got <laughs> kicked out of our house which was the whole story but you know our landlord ended up selling the property and we were going to stay in that area and we were like you know what we've got no kids yet we've got nothing let's go try another area and we moved here like an hour away and it was such a big deal we were going to move here for 12 months and then move back and settle and we moved here and we're like fucking leaving yeah. so there's even like that too and um the other consideration is oscar and i have grown so much emotionally mentally but also financially over the last few years that i think this is like our sixth fifth or sixth house i think this is our fifth house in seven years so we've upgraded houses that many times imagine that we bought early on you'd just be like there's you no couldn't. point upgrading it was, it's a waste of money like you lose so much money upgrading whereas for us we just get up and move yeah Yeah. Yeah.
1: What was the biggest fight you and Oscar have overcome or most embarrassing moment you've experienced together?
0: Um, I know people are going to kind of hate this, but like, I literally don't think Oscar and I have ever had a fight. Um, And I don't know whether that's that I don't identify with that word or... Yeah, we've never had a relationship dynamic where we say things we don't mean, where neither of us have ever yelled at one another. Like we've never yelled. There's never been a slam door. There's never been any level of even mild aggression mm-hmm. in a disagreement. Um, but what I will say and how I will answer that question is like, what's been the biggest thing that's caused tension? For us um and I would say there's two different situations that come to mind. The first one was very very early on in our relationship and that purely came down to the fact that we were both still very wounded attachment styles. So I was anxious, he was avoidant and there was like things in that where I don't even remember what the argument was over or the disagreement was over, but there was something there and then when we tried to communicate it, I was getting really anxious that he was going to break up with me or leave and he was getting avoided and didn't want to talk about it and like, didn't want to talk about his feelings. And his way at that time of processing was to have space. So he walked out to go for a drive. But for me at that time was like, oh, he's, he's left. Yep. um, And that was a moment where I remember thinking, oh, like this is the end and stuff. And it, and it wasn't, it was just, we had such different processing and we were both feeling so internally wound up. And I think we then from there had to do work around, hey, we need to be more secure. And in these conversations, I need to give Oscar more space, but he also needs to know that he needs to communicate that he's having space. So he, it would have to be like, hey, I'm okay. Like I'm not leaving, like I love you, but I need to go for a drive or so he learned to better communicate. So there was that um, and then later in our relationship, I i literally, you guys know I'm an open fucking book, but I actually can't give specific details of it. And so if I, I'll answer the question, but it's probably going to leave you guys hating me more because it's going to be vague. But there was a situation where I would say there were things on both parts where an unfortunate lead up of events led to um, and not so ideal situation so basically there were things where that Oscar had done and it was misfortunate he probably shouldn't have done that but it wasn't a big deal that he did but it was like whatever and then there were things that I had done that was a little bit careless and reckless in the sense of like just not really thinking things through um and basically that led to putting Oscar I would say in a dangerous situation that's what I would say Mm -hmm. I put him in a really dangerous situation um especially with like his his health. Um, and that for him, he lost a lot of trust in me, my ability in that moment. And I think he was so, he was so reactive, which was like fair enough. But in that moment, like I remember him saying something along the way, this is like the only time like he's ever said anything in the heat of the moment because he was like so wound up. And I remember him just saying like, um, and we hadn't started trying for a baby at this time, but it was something that was in the future. And I remember him saying like, you know, you want to be a mum, and, but you're doing dumb shit like that. Like, how do you expect to, to be responsible for a child? And I remember at that time thinking, you basically just told me I'm not going to be fit to be a mum," And so that fucking knife in the chest for me, that then made me go wounded. And there was a lot of stuff. And that's probably the only time where I was like, fuck, are we coming back from this? And Within two days, we were, we were mm-hmm. fine, but it was, it was never a fight or anything like that. It was just a like, yeah, just a really shitty situation, I would say. And I know people will be like, we need more, but like, I, I can't give yeah, more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a credit to both your communication styles, though, as well, and the way that you have committed to growing together within your relationship. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I um, remember watching It Takes Two, if anyone would like to have a little bit more information into, or a little bit more... A backstory to Jesse and Oscar and how they have created the relationship and the dynamic that they do have. We do have an It Takes Two podcast on um, the website that um, it goes for two hours. and It's juicy, yeah. It's really good and it basically goes into details of everything of Jesse and Oscar, how they started to where they are now. And it isn't just like you look at, at from the outside – or at your relationship and think that it's all sunshine and rainbows. And for the most part, it is now, but it's not where it started. No, no. And that's what people need to understand as well, that in a new relationship, you do need to learn to give and take with your partner and it is a team effort as well. Mm. Yeah.
0: yeah, we definitely trauma bonded at the start yeah. and we've, we've consciously – chosen to become the couple we are now definitely yeah
1: I can't imagine Oscar raising his voice either no nah, he, <laughs> he doesn't he have does, it in him. he doesn't
0: he's <laughs> the most not. patient person yeah
1: okay now moving on next question if Felicity was your mentor before you were friends how did that develop
0: um so she wasn't I think a lot of people think that she was my mentor and then we became friends because she was my mentor. That's actually not what happened. Um, So, a little bit of background context Felicity and I were in a mastermind together, I think 2020. Um, It must have been, I, I don't know. It was, it was a few years ago, we were in a master, we were in the same mastermind together and everyone in the mastermind was American. Uh, Felicity and I were the only Australian. So naturally there was like a little bit of a bond there of like, oh, hey, I'm an Aussie dude, blah, blah. Um, and we uh, would DM each other occasionally here and there, not a lot. Um, long story short, Felicity and I both made the decision to leave that mastermind, which in hindsight, I think neither of us would have, we probably would have just like stayed in it and paid it out and whatever. And, and, that's the mindset we have now. But at that time we both had a conversation with the coach and there were things that look, there could have been projections of both of us at play, but I think there was a lot of things that was actually really valid where like what we bought into wasn't necessarily being delivered. And we kind of had a conversation with the coach around that and like she was really understanding and she let us out of our contracts early and whatever. Um, so we both uh, left and before that, um, I was not feeling good about the mastermind. Something felt really off in the dynamic and I messaged Felicity and at this time we'd never really spoken one-to-one. I'd just seen her on the group calls and stuff and I messaged her and I was like, Hey, how are you feeling in the mastermind? And she said to me, like, oh, to be honest, like I've been processing some stuff around it, da-da-da, um, and I was like, same. And she was like, do you want to jump on a call together? And we booked a Zoom one-on-one together, and basically the intention for that call was for us to speak about our experiences and um, clock our own projections versus what was truth and use each other as a mm-hmm. soundboard of like – because. You know, I, I naturally am a responsibility taker. So I was like, okay, it's probably just me. I da, 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 and, and I think she was the same. So we got on a call and there was a lot of things where we validated each other's experience in, in some way. Um, so we used that as just a bit of a soundboard for each other, made the decision to both leave. And then we were both without a mastermind. So we kind of said like, Hey, do you want to keep in touch? And. We just kind of messaged back and forth a few times, started building a friendship, eventually decided to meet in person. So, uh, booked flights. I think, I think she, yeah, she came to Melbourne first. So she booked flights to Melbourne and we got like a house and things like that and we stayed together. Um, and then we just kept doing that meeting in person. Our friendship really grew and then, I remember just, I was processing for months, like, fuck, I just want her to be my mentor. And at the time she was mindset coaching. She wasn't actually a business coach. She was mindset coaching. But I'm like, I would love to work with her. But like, we'd also formed a really good friendship. I'm like, is that weird? So I remember just having a conversation being like, I would really love to work with you. Like, how would you feel having me as a client? And she was like, oh my God, like, amazing. Like, that's so fine. And I was like, oh, okay, great. So I signed on to work with her as a mindset client. And basically she had just started business coaching, but she was a mindset coach dabbling mm-hmm. in business. So I booked three months of mindset with her, um, followed by three months of business afterwards. And about 10, uh, sorry, about nine weeks into our mindset container, I said, Hey, can I pay to upgrade it to business? Because the amount of shit we work through in, in nine weeks was yep. just like, do, 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 do. And then I was like, I just, I literally feel so complete and I would actually rather plug in around business stuff. So. Paid to upgrade and she's been my mentor ever since. So, yeah. Wow, amazing.
1: And still your mentor now? Still
0: my mentor now, yeah. And she will be all next year too.
1: Okay. Is there a level of competition between you and Felicity? Is it hard to navigate your friendship when you aren't at the same stage in business?
0: No. Like this this is such an interesting it's it's interesting because like no no shade on this question whatsoever, but it, it shows somewhat people's mindset of like one, I can tell that person hasn't transcended competitiveness and comparison, things like that, which is fine. Like if that's a question, but the way that I look at it, I'm like, would you have competition with a friend if they were in a steady relationship and you weren't? would you have competition with a friend if they got promoted in their job and you hadn't? Would you have competition with a friend if they were married and you weren't yet? Would you have competition with a friend if they had a baby and you hadn't yet? Like there's so many different things in life where we all have our own journey and we're all going to be moving at different trajectories. You know, what about was Felicity for for three years of our friendship catching up and she was the third wheel with mine and Oscar? Did that Mm -hmm. create competitiveness? Because, oh my God, you've got this steady relationship and I'm single. Like, No, like I was just in a solid loving relationship and had found my person and she hadn't yet. Um, So I look at it where she's at in business is I don't look at it as like, she's above me. She's just on a different trajectory to me. So she's making a lot more money in her business. That's fucking incredible. And the other way that I look at it is I honestly find people around me and and I've tried to pinpoint why this is. I haven't had to do much work around Competitiveness, um, even though I'm a very competitive person, but I feel like from a very young age, I never shamed my competitiveness. And I feel like maybe that's why I've had a clean integration of it where I can really use competitiveness in a really powerful way in situations where it matters. Like I, or not even matters, but where it's healthy, like I can use it in sport, I can use it in a healthy way in my business and stuff like that. But I've never looked at competition as threat. I've looked at it as like, hey, we're both playing a game of becoming better or who's going to run faster or like whatever Mm -hmm. the thing is. It was both competition to me is everyone on this field is working towards their best. It's not everyone on this field and I'm a fucking better human if I win. It's just not a leaky frequency. So with Felicity and how much money she makes, the way that I look at it is like, what a fucking gift that I have a, I have a best friend that's doing such fucking big things with their life and always expands me and calls me forward. Mm-hmm. Because I've also been in situations in my life, and not obviously not all friendships have been like this, but I've had dynamics where I was always the one making the more money or I felt the most conscious or like I felt the feathers head That's not fucking exciting. Like yeah. that, that shit's fucking boring. Like when you're feeling like – You're doing wanting to do big things and in six months you've gone from here to here and it feels like everyone's doing the same thing, having the same conversations, that's not expansive. So I also look at my relationship with Felicity. Is there, I can't remember exactly what the question is, but is there competitiveness and whatever? Like, no, like I I'm, i feel gifted. And the same with like my partner, like he earns more money than me, is doing bigger things than me. My brother's earns more money than me. And I'm like, what a gift. I, I'm just constantly everywhere I look, I feel expanded. Um, and I like being the little fish sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really important and I can fully understand feeling expanded, even just working with you for the last – what eight months or however long it's been um, I've noticed a difference in myself as well mm-hmm. and it is a true credit to your environment and the people that you're surrounding yourself with and that they actually do bring you forward and then you've got so much more growth mm-hmm. than if you're hanging back with everyone else just doing the same thing
0: yeah 100% and, and I can say I've seen that in you I've seen that in Mads mm-hmm. I think you guys have gifted that for each other like you yeah. guys have obviously you know formed a, a level of relationship which is expansive for each other and stuff like that and I think yeah, your environment, it's its huge. And I think people who look at people ahead of them as a threat and are always going to miss out on the opportunity to be expanded. And thats that makes me sad.
1: Yeah. Next question. Expanding JW team in the future? Question mark. What does this look like?
0: So we have obviously had conversations about this, um, and I it, it's definitely something that I have intention for in the future. Um, we actually had a conversation about this yesterday, but I am torn around whether my next hire there's there's two possibilities of a hire that we see ourselves going with. The first is basically uh, a digital content creator whatever, they would be in charge of all digital. So they would be in charge of our graphic design, designing like programs, courses, things like that. And they would also be in charge of, you know, creating uh, reels and things like that for us. So when I run, let's just say the discovery code or a course at the moment, you're taking those clips and cutting them and making little graphics for socials and things like that. And whilst you can t- do it and you Uh, do it very well there's other things where we want you to be progressing in Mm -hmm. your role and there's things where I want you to have time and energy to put into innovating and executing those things rather than spending the time there so you know they would be responsible for after I run a call turning that call into real snippets um, you know even potentially like podcast Instagram creating additional content for that so we really see them doing all things like digital um, and graphic design so the only limitation with that is it can be hard to find someone who has graphic design skills that also has the uh, video and social creation skills. But that would be our goal. Um, The second person that I would potentially looking at hiring or the first, I don't know what way it would go, um, would be someone who could take over more of the admin stuff from you. So, Obviously, you're still doing things like uh, monitoring emails, managing Facebook groups, comments, things like that. Um, you upload call replays after I run a call. You send the emails out saying, "Hey, call's now available." Um, like payments, pay like uh, managing payments and things like that. I think someone who can do a lot of the admin stuff, which is going to free up a lot of your time to do other things, which we've spoken about you moving moving into and stuff, so that your role can evolve. So that would basically be someone coming in to free up your time so you can have the space to evolve Um, but then obviously the other conversation we've had around that is I, I also want having a third team member to make financial sense for the business because I also want to be at a level where I can not just only afford a third team member, but something that I pride myself on is always making decisions from the highest good, not from scarcity or limitation. So as an example, I never want to, I would never put my team in a position to have a third team member where now based on the amount I'm spending on team, I couldn't give my other team members a pay rise because I'm already paying here. Like I don't ever want to be in a position where then I'm like, I feel in scarcity around giving you guys pay rises or bonuses or if we go on a team trip, I'm like, oh, this is adding up. Everyone's flight's adding up or like I don't want to. And whilst like I'm sure I wouldn't be in that position, I don't even want to be near that. I want to make sure I'm always in a position where I could have three team members that are all just coincidentally like they all deserve a pay rise in the exact same fucking week and I could do that. Like I don't ever want to hire someone until I'm in a position where I know that all of my decisions would be what's the best decision, not what can I afford? Do you know yeah. what I mean? So um I think we just want to get the company in a level where that mm-hmm. makes more sense too. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see what happens next year. Yeah. Yeah. What do you what do you think we would hire next out of those what do you see?
1: Um, Imagine we could hire someone that could do it all. Well, and that's the thing, like... I mean, you, you always, like I even know within my role, you're hired for one thing and then it just becomes such a hybrid and yeah. you pick up and look after and support your team. And um, I think that's one of the most exciting. And one of my favorite things at working for a small business, yeah. when you work for a large company, you're doing the same thing every over single and over day. Over
0: and over Like that's so your role.
1: Literally. Yeah. Yep. I did that for 10 years. Yeah. So <laughs> I love um, that my role is evolving and that it is evolving fast and regularly and that we can just jump in and chip in and help each other. I think um, potentially socials and graphics I think would be next. Yeah. Um, I think only because I see that being the next elevation of the business and imp- uh, having a in-house content creator and graphic designer I feel like that would be more um, beneficial for the business going forward because although I'm looking after all the admin stuff at the moment um, and it is taking me away from other things it's it's not like hard for me to do yeah it's very easy for me to just plug in do what I have to do and then get back to my other tasks so I think um for the business perspective I think beneficially I think um a in-house graphic and content um, creator would be really good
0: mm. yeah if that's you um, hit us yeah.
1: up <laughs> <laughs> who knows sorry things change all the time in this company they so do. They do. <laughs> very exciting and um yeah if you are interested it's a really good company to work for <laughs> highly recommend <laughs> she's I pay paying you to, to say that, that. <laughs> 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 oh gosh okay um okay this is a fun quick fire question what was the last thing you searched on your phone I can could tell
0: you now, it's going to be pregnancy related. It's pregnancy related. <laughs> <laughs> How long is it safe to lie on your back while pregnant?
1: And what's the answer?
0: Um, it says after 28 weeks, you should avoid it for more than like 10 minutes at a time.
1: 10 minutes, is that all? Yeah gosh so if you're getting like a facial or something do you have to lay side on or you just can't get a facial yeah
0: yeah I got I, go, I laid on my side but I, I I might be a little bit like some people are really chill just like like yep. whatever like some people don't follow that and it's so funny because like I'll eat a fucking oyster but god forbid I lie on my back it's just, yeah it's just one of those personal things I think it's but they say from like 16 weeks, try, avoid it. But it's more important from 28 weeks onwards mm-hmm. and, and I'm 22 weeks. But I'm just trying to get in the habit of not doing yep. it now. I've already bought a pregnancy pillow. So trying to sleep on my side and things like that. But I just sleep on my side wherever I can.
1: Yeah. 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 I think it's very normal for people to sleep on their side normally anyway. Yeah. Like I can't imagine sleeping on my back, but I'm just worried about your facials. <laughs> yeah. I would rather just lay and on my massage. back. Massage. Yeah. 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 Do you think it's incongruent to preach health and fitness but get implants, Botox, filler, etc.?
0: I mean, yeah, I I do it. Like I you know me, I'm like queen uh, of
1: duality. I
0: am queen of duality. I am a water snob. Only drink filtered water. I would rather be parched and dehydrated than drink tap water. Like I just refuse. Um so I I drink filtered water. I spend hundreds of dollars on supplements. I eat gluten-free for the most part, refined sugar-free. I um, eat incredibly well. I have a private chef. We eat grass-fed organic, like all the things. Um, I like so many things like I biohack, like I take my health so fucking seriously. And then I get Botox. Obviously I haven't been because I'm pregnant, but um, I think that I think that where there's incongruency is when you're unconscious of what you're doing or when you're in a level of something feels out of alignment, but you're doing it anyway. And for me, I don't necessarily feel out of alignment getting Botox in my forehead. Like it doesn't, if, if a more natural um, option came in, I would do it and I would pay double for it. Um, But it is something that makes me feel good and it's a quote-unquote sacrifice like I'm willing to make. But then there's certain things where – it's actually not worth the sacrifice. Like there could be some beauty treatments that I look at, um, you know, the science and the data or what that's going to do and things like that. And it's, it doesn't feel worth it. So one of the things like I'm really not available for fucking up is my gut health um, and stuff like that. So if it was like that was going to impact my gut, I I probably wouldn't do it. Um, I did go through a period where it felt incongruent for me. And at that time I didn't get Botox or filler or anything for, Around 18, close to 24 months, and then kind of one day it just felt like good again, and so I started doing it again. So I think it comes down to one of those things of like you just have to listen to yourself and you have to honour yourself. And it's it's funny we spoke about this in the last TDC call where I said you know the typical Byron mum that eats organic and then gets Botox, or the personal trainer that preaches health and fitness but then goes out drinking on the weekends and stuff like that. And I think that. You can't put humans in boxes. And I think all we can do is do what makes us feel good um, and like honor whatever that is. And it makes me feel really good to eat gluten free and things like that. And I look at, yeah, I just look at a lot of the things that I do for my health and my diet. They make me feel really good. Um, And, There's not many things that I do where there's negative consequences. And then something where there could be negative consequences, it's also like how big are the consequences? So even for example, bit of a side note, but it relates with my pregnancy and my diet, there's obviously so many things they say you can't eat, right? And you know me, I've kind of just been doing me. And one of the philosophies I have and I use when it comes to deciding what to eat in my pregnancy is risk versus reward. So I look at eating an oyster. So there's technically a bit of risk with eating a raw oyster during pregnancy. What's the reward of eating uh, an oyster? Well, two oysters is your daily intake of zinc done. Like they're one of the most nutritious foods you could possibly eat. A lot of the things that you're told to avoid in pregnancy are the most nutritious foods in the world. And then it's so interesting to me that they'll be like, oh, you know, don't eat, you know, fatty cuts of meat. Don't eat soft cheeses. Don't eat, um, you know, raw fish and blah, blah, blah. But then, pregnant women will go and proceed to eat fucking cereal and mcdonald's and they don't see an issue with that and that to me is just so bizarre i'm like isn't that high a fucking risk like aren't you putting yourself at risk of preeclampsia and um you know like it's just a whole other thing however cantaloupe which not everyone knows cantaloupe is actually one of the highest risk foods in pregnancy for listerian food poisoning as well um So I would look at cantaloupe, which I was eating in early pregnancy until I actually found that I had a craving for it. It was so weird. I've never eaten fucking cantaloupe. And then I was smashing cantaloupe. (laughs) And then I found out that it was one of the highest risk foods. And I'm like, okay, so cantaloupe, risk, what's the reward? Mm
1: -hmm. Five minutes.
0: Five minutes? What, a little bit of vitamin C that I could get from a fucking orange or a carrot? Like I'll eat watermelon and carrot and I'll just pick a... I'll pick a different fucking veggie so it didn't feel like me not having that meant that there I was missing out on anything whereas me not potentially eating an oyster or fish and things like that I feel like there's not a lot of things that can replace that especially for me I have an egg allergy eggs are one of the most nutritious foods you can eat during pregnancy as well Um, and I'm already missing out on that I also have a intolerance to avocado I can't eat avocado so a lot of the ways I would get a lot of healthy fat so I look at risk Versus reward so even just coming in with like things like Botox and stuff I just play with like what's the risk versus the reward if the risk was too high for what the reward was I would not get Botox but when I look at what is the risk versus how does it make me feel how it makes me feel wins and that's how I just make all my decisions
1: yeah 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 awesome okay Last question. So, this one is off the back end of a previous Spill the Tea where you exposed your Uber Eats bill and we were just fallen on the floor with the amount. Do you remember what it was?
0: I feel Like, like it was in the 2000s. Yeah. 2,400.
1: So, if you haven't listened to a previous Spill the Tea episode, one of the questions was exposing Jessie's Uber Eats bill for one month. Now, a few months ago, Jessie was queen of Uber Eats and ordered regularly. And I calculated her whole Uber Eats bill for the month. I think it was something around $2,800. It was fucked. For a month. And even Jessie was surprised with that amount. So, what I thought would be fun to do was actually calculate her last month's Uber Eats bill because we did say we'd get back to you and see how it was going because she told us that it was just a once off whilst she was in Queensland, she was ordering breakfast, lunch, and dinner and all the things and going through a phase. So, I have looked at her Uber Eats account for the last month. I've tallied it all up and I can tell you that uh, she didn't lie to us guys. Her Uber Eats bill has dropped significantly. Um, the total for the month was $600.69.
0: Amazing. Add an extra $60 on for our toasted sandwiches and my ice try this morning. <laughs> so, $660, but yeah, much better.
1: And I think the biggest thing for that is that you also now have a private chef.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I am one of those people where it's, it's funny. There's things in your personal development journey where something makes sense and then it doesn't and then it does and then it doesn't and you go through seasons. So there was a time where. Convenience was a low frequency and, and buying things for convenience was low frequency. It was like, no, get your fucking shit together, get in healthier habits, cook your meals, blah, blah, blah. And then I got to a level where convenience made sense again. It was like, oh, well, I, it's not coming from a state of laziness. It's coming from a state of efficiency. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you're operating from choosing convenience because you haven't clocked laziness, you need to stop choosing convenience until you've clocked your laziness. When you know, you're not lazy because if you've proven to yourself that you're willing to do the do the whatever, you can then reintegrate something like convenience and you know it's not coming from laziness, it's coming from efficiency. So Uber became okay, I'm just doing this from efficiency. Like mm-hmm. I would how would I rather spend my time? Would I rather spend my time in the kitchen cooking my breakfast or would I rather spend that time outside in nature going for a walk or working on my business or XYZ? It, it just didn't feel the most efficient to be, you know, cooking and cleaning and all the things. So that's why Uber was really high. So, but then we kind of ran into the level of, even though I pick healthy things from Uber, you know, you still can't control what oils they use. They use shitty oils and, you know, maybe not like the best products and the bacon's probably not nitrate free and free range and whatever. So you're not getting the best quality of meat and stuff like that. So it was like, Hey, how do we maintain convenience? But I still get the high quality of the nutrients and things like that. And so we decided to hire a private chef. Um, So I just eat, she just makes all dinner based meals, but I just eat them for like yesterday I ate green chicken curry for breakfast. And so that's just what I have now. And, it just feels a lot better. So Uber is more a weekend thing or um, a middle of the day ordering a smoothie or a coffee or an acai bowl kind of thing. Um and
1: that's where that's all comes from now or occasionally our team catch-ups
0: yeah team catch-ups like if you girls come over like i'll usually ask if you want lunch or coffees or whatever um just little bits and pieces like that and that there was a couple i think there was two orders even in that that were actually like from coles yeah like i got some groceries delivered so um it it would have been even less if i didn't Mm -hmm. account for the groceries i got delivered to yeah
1: convenience convenience yeah amazing well that's all that was the Good last chat. question for today. <laughs>
0: Thanks for tuning in to episode 100. Yes, I cannot believe it. It's so exciting. So exciting. And yeah, I am just, I'm just, imagine we're going to be celebrating 200. It'll be here before we know it. Yeah, we will be. Amazing. Thank you for tuning in guys and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye guys.